Hey Baker, welcome to Business is Sweet. It's easy to fall in love with the sweet art of baking. It's a bit harder to take the right steps to create a successful business around your baking. But the business side of baking is also pretty sweet. I believe that you can be paid well for your creativity, build a successful baking business from home, and enjoy the work you get to do. And in fact, I don't just believe it, I know it because I've done it. I'm your host, Brett, a self-taught home-based baker myself who's built a thriving business making a full-time income as a wedding cake designer, all from home while raising my two little kiddos. And I'm here to show you how to do it too. Welcome to the show. Hey, Baker, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you and excited that you're here to learn more about how to grow your baking business. Thank you for joining. So excited that we've kicked it off and hope you're enjoying it so far. We've been talking about the six ingredients to growing your home baking business, and that's what we're going to dive deeper in today. But I've got to share a story with you because just a few weeks ago, I had the wonderful, fun opportunity to deliver a four-tier wedding cake up a ski lift. And I feel like it deserves a little bit of praise and an opportunity to talk about because that was like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of delivery. And if you're a baker of any kind, you know that delivering is scary. No matter what you're delivering, you're always worrying about the heat. You're worrying about things bumping around in the car. And like the timing of it all, there's just so much that goes into delivery. And this one was particularly fun and just wanted to like talk a little bit about it and tell you how that went. And it's just, it was such a fun story. (laughs) But this couple that I'd met back in February, they, they were planning their wedding and had this event planner who happened to be my friend. And so she connected them with me. And after begging and begging, because I just wasn't ready to take an order yet, I just had a baby and wasn't quite ready to jump back into yet, but she kept asking and asking and asking for me to meet with them because they cared a lot about what their cake tasted like. And so finally, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll meet with them. I'm, I'm starting to, to get back into it and their wedding's not for a while, so let's do it. And we met and they were awesome. They loved my cake, wanted to order from me. We were getting all excited, planning the design, going over details. And then they asked, did Amanda, the event planner, did she tell you about the gondola? And I was like, no, I didn't hear about a gondola. And turns out this couple was having their wedding at the top of a mountain at a ski resort. And the only way to access it, the only way in was by ski lift. at this moment I'm sitting right in front of them and I'm already committed to their cake and I'm just racking my brains about how I'm going to do this how much am I going to charge for this well in the end I charged them $300 for delivery alone the order ended up being $1,600 completely for the cake and delivery and then the single most expensive order I've ever done which was really exciting and it was really awesome that they were willing to pay for that So we booked that order and I spent the next like seven to eight months just thinking about how I was going to do this cake. And it's so surreal to finally have done it. 
And in the end, make, you know, making the cake was pretty smooth. That was nothing out of the order ordinary. I delivered it as two two-tier cakes. I didn't take the full four tiers, mainly because a four-tier cake is heavy. And I knew it would be really hard to lift it and just easier to manage two smaller cakes. So I took it as two two-tier cakes. I bought a little wagon and <laughs> we put the cakes in the wagon. My husband came with me because he filmed all of this. I was like, I got to get this on camera. We've got to document this because it's crazy. So he filmed and helped me carry things and helped get us a little bit lost. And then I got us a little bit lost. <laughs> and that was the most stressful part is when you're in a ski resort. Um, we were in Park City, Utah. There's not a lot of good maps. There's not a lot of street names. Like it's super tight and condensed. And so finding where you want to go is really hard. And that is the problem that we ran into is we got lost. And we actually parked where we thought the entrance was and unloaded everything and walked for a good five minutes before we realized we were in the wrong place and had to turn around and go all the way back, pack the car back up and find the real parking lot, which actually we never found the parking lot. We ended up just paying for parking and going from there. It was so crazy. That part was the most stressful part was just finding out where we're supposed to be. Once we found it, because we could see the ski lift, we could see that little gondola going up and down. We're like, all right, that's where it is. We parked, we walked to find it, and we, we made it. Once we were on the ski lift, everything was actually okay, which is surprising. It's like, it doesn't bump more than your car would. And so the cake sitting in the ski lift was totally fine. And the ski lift, it wasn't like one of those lap bar open style. It was kind of like this little gondola bubble type thing. It was very old and a little bit rickety. And about halfway up the mountain, I remember that I'm terrified of heights, but the cake was doing excellent. So it was about a 10 minute ride up that ski lift gondola, got to the top, went up to the top of the lodge and we, I was able to stack the cake, do the flowers and it turned out beautiful. It turned out just amazing. I was so happy with it. It was straight up and down, just perfect pictures standing there. And I got a message from the bride the next day. Like who gets a message from the bride the next day? She's on her honeymoon, but she took a moment that morning to message me and just tell me that how much they loved the cake, that it was a masterpiece, that their guests were just, just ooing and aahing over it and that there was not a single piece left. Even though they'd planned to go boxes the guests ate the whole cake. It was about 120 servings and there was 90 guests. That means people were going back for seconds. People were just devouring this cake. And that was the biggest compliment ever. And definitely just one of the craziest deliveries to have under my belt. And it was a lot of fun. And now that I've done it, I'm like, gosh, I could do anything. <laughs> and if I can do that, anyone could do anything. And I think a lot of things, the things that I learned from it was about good planning good directions and good communication with your couple and with the event planner, making sure that you know all the details, that they know all the details. And that's what lets it go smoothly. So if you want to see that, like I said, my husband films the whole thing. I'm stringing it all together from crumb coating the cake to actually getting it on the ski lift and putting it up at the lodge. If you want to see all that, 
It's going to be up on my YouTube channel. I'll link to it in the show notes and you can, you can give that a little watch for learning purposes and just for entertainment as well. And this is a good point to mention that I have just started a YouTube channel. It's like a big month for me starting this podcast and starting a YouTube channel. And the whole point is for you. I want to make more resources available for you because, you know, Instagram only goes so far with those little small quick tutorials. Here on the podcast is more of an intimate way for me to coach you and share my knowledge with you and help other bakers share their knowledge with you. This is a great place for you to be learning every day. And then my YouTube channel is where I'm going to break things down visually for you, whether it's tutorials and product testing and showing you different methods to accomplish things, I'm going to make it like the ultimate stop where we cover so many different techniques. It's not just like, oh, here's how I do it. It's like, here's all the ways you can do it. And let's talk about which ones are best for which situations. I'm really excited to start uploading content there. So definitely go check out the few videos I have, subscribe, and make sure you're there so that you don't miss what's coming. Last time on the show, we took a look at the six ingredient recipe for baking up success with your home baking business. And by success, I want to define that. I mean, you're getting customers, you're making an income and a profit, you're in control of where your business is going, and you're loving it. You're loving the work that you get to do. If you missed the last episode, we went over that recipe for success, the six ingredients. Don't forget to go back and give it a quick listen. It's full of gems of wisdom and will help you have a foundation for where we're going for the next few episodes. Today, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into ingredient number one, a plan. Having a plan for your baking business. Have you ever auditioned for anything like a play or a solo or even a job and that's, you know, not always the funnest thing to go through. And the worst thing is when you don't get the part, right? When you don't get the part, you don't get the job. It can really bum you out. And it feels kind of like, well, that's the last time I ever try something like that. That's the last time I put myself out there like that. And getting your baking business out into the world can feel a lot like that. When a sale flops or when customers are sparse and when things just kind of seem to be going downhill and you don't seem like you're getting where you want to be, you start to feel like that. Like, well, I'm not putting myself out there anymore and that's the last time I do that. Like, There's like this sense of kind of shame and embarrassment that doesn't need to be there, but it's something very real that we feel as bakers. And that's a mindset shift that we need to have that I want to help you have. It's kind of like a thought loop and a learned behavior that we, you know, we've had those experiences. And so when we, when we feel them again, when, you know, when we had that moment where we didn't get the part or the job or, or we feel like we put ourselves out there and then we, we didn't get where we wanted to be and we, we back off and we shrink. We've learned that over and over and over again in our lives. And so in our baking business, when that starts to feel like the same pattern, like we're putting ourselves out there and it's not happening, we retreat and we back off because that's what we've taught ourselves to do. And we need to rewrite it because 99% of the time, success is waiting just behind the next try or the next, and we just have to push through a little further to get to it. So I wanna help you change the way you think about your baking business and stop thinking about it like an audition. And I want you to start thinking about it like a science experiment. 
you're hypothesizing, you're researching, you're testing, and then you draw some conclusions, you learn some stuff, and you use what you learned to fuel the next experiment and the next. And it's a process. And when you come into it like that, it's almost like you're prepared to fail, but you're ready to learn and keep trying until you get it right. And I have to say fail with air quotes because I really don't believe in failure. I believe that every time you try, even if you don't hit the mark that you want to hit, I believe that by trying, you learn. And that learning gets you further than you would have gotten if you hadn't tried at all. And that sometimes you have to try and fail to get to those next stepping stones. That's literally the only path. So I like this shift in our mindset that instead of thinking about like, oh, I'm going to put myself out there and if it doesn't go well the first time, I'm done. I'm just going to stop. I like this idea of it as an experiment that, okay, I'm going to give it a go and I'm going to learn some things and it's not failure, it's progress. One of the things you need to know about me right off the bat is that I did quit my baking business four times before I succeeded. Yeah, I quit four times. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take a trip down memory lane with you. And I want to take a look at those different times so that you can learn from my mistakes and learn what I did wrong. And I also want to introduce that first secret ingredient of our recipe to success, having a plan. I want to talk about how having a plan is what finally helped me succeed and stop running into those same mistakes, how it opened the door to success when I came back to try one more time. The first time I quit my baking business was after an encounter with some old friends of mine. Now, when I was going to college, I worked in the college bakery. Now, it's nothing fancy, trust me. I definitely didn't get any high-end training there, but I did learn a lot about production, and I did make a lot of friends. It was a good time, and I, I really enjoyed my time at that bakery. So I had connections with people who loved baking and also had kind of an itch to create a baking business as well. And I also was studying food science, which connected me with people who understood the food industry and the legals and the things that kind of circulated around that. And they were aware of, you know, some of the hoops you have to jump through there. So I'm going to a wedding of a good friend and it's one of those friends from the bakery and I was really excited to see them all. I hadn't seen them in a while. And I go to this wedding and a couple of them start talking to me and they mention that they've been seeing my posts, how I'm posting about, oh, the cakes I'm doing and the different things I'm selling. And they asked, did you buy a house? And I was like, no, why? And they were like, oh, well... We just thought, you know, since you're selling now that you must have bought a house with a big fancy kitchen because you can't really sell if you're not working out of a commercial kitchen. And my stomach just dropped. It was kind of a passive aggressive conversation. And I look back and I know the frustration is because they had those dreams too. They wanted to be selling their stuff, but they were running into some legal barriers and it was hard to watch someone who didn't know about those barriers just doing it and having some success with it. And now that I knew about those barriers, I had no idea. I'd never realized, oh my gosh, I need some kind of license to do this. Never even crossed my mind. 
And now that I knew about it, it scared me. And I was worried because not only did I know about it and know that there was probably some kind of legal hoops I needed to jump through, but there was other people who knew about it and had commented on it. And I was really afraid of getting turned in to somewhere. I don't even know who I'd be turned into. I knew nothing about it, but I was afraid of getting shut down. So what did I do? I shut my own business down. I turned off my website. I stopped putting it out there more and I just stressed over it. I still took orders. I still did cakes and things, but I was a lot quieter about it because I was scared. Facing the legals of baking business is is a super stressful thing to figure out. And that was the first thing that shut me down. And I'm going to talk more about that as we get into other episodes. I know it's a huge topic and a huge concern that a lot of you face, and it's really vague and it's hard to navigate. So if you're struggling with that right now, I want you to hop on over to my page, my Instagram page. It's the out of home baker. You can connect with me through DM and I will help you answer questions. You can also link in my bio to a contact sheet. It's cottage food law contacts by state. And there I've organized the best contact information I can find for each state in the United States, who to contact to ask about baking business legalities. So go there, connect with me there, find that resource, but just know like you're not alone in that. That is a hard thing that we all have to navigate and we all want to do things right, cover our bases so that we don't run into trouble. So that's the first thing that shut me down. Then I, I started getting up again. I started you know, I was like, okay, you know, it's okay. I'm going to just keep going. And the second time I quit is when I had my baby. I started really officially, I started getting my business going and started getting my first big orders under my belt when I was pregnant. I just graduated. I was pregnant and upcoming was my due date to have my baby. And at this time, I had some funny mindset things and some funny expectations about how I thought life would be after having my baby. And I also had a lot of uncertainty about how life was going to be after having my baby. I didn't really know if I'd be able to get up off the couch after that. I didn't know how long recovery would take me. I didn't know if I'd be able to manage having a business and taking care of my baby because my baby was always my priority. Um, So in the back of my mind, as I'm starting to really gain momentum with my business, I've got this kind of deadline, this due date. My baby has a due date, my business has a due date. And to me, that was the day when I was going to fold up my little book of dreams and put it back on the library shelf and maybe check it out some other day. I thought, you know, that was probably going to be it for my business. Well, I had my baby and then I recovered and soon after that realized that life was okay (laughs) and that we were managing and that I missed baking. I missed that part of me and so I started to get into it again and I started to pick things back up. I started to take another order here and there and that was a fun kind of adjusting time. I say fun, but it wasn't always that fun. It was hard. I remember days where, you know, I took on a cookie order 
very last minute for a girl who lived down the street and she was dairy free. And so between, you know, nursing my baby and changing his diaper, we ran down to the grocery store and bought dairy free chocolate chips and ran back home and I threw them in the oven and gave him a bottle and then had to go deliver them. And that was kind of what life looked like at the time. And it was crazy, but I did do a lot of learning and I did do a couple of orders that helped me grow my portfolio and grow my my confidence as a baker. So I'm grateful for that time. But that, that second time that I quit was because I had my baby and because I kind of bought into this idea that now that I'm a mom, this is what I do. I'm a mom. I don't do anything else. And it was really a silly mindset to have, but it was rooted in, in beliefs that are important to me. But what I learned is that God has given us talents and opportunities and time for a reason. And part of that is to take care of our home and to take care of our families. But also, I don't think that your life's work outside your home concluded at age 21 or age 24 or whenever it is that you had kids. I think there's still missions and purposes that you have as just a person, as you, as as the light that you have to give to the world. And you know, maybe that's through your baking or through something else, but I don't think you have to stop chasing your dreams because you have a family. I think I know that you find ways to manage it every single day. And now years down the road, I'm still doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so happy that I didn't let that stop me. I'm so happy that after that first time I quit for it, I didn't let it stop me. I figured out a way to keep going. And the third time I quit was similar though. There was a third time in there and there was a fourth time in there that I quit my business. So I have my baby, I start up again, I get going and Christmas rolls around. It's about six months later, my baby's grown and my husband um, is home for the holiday break and I've got four cakes to do in one weekend in two days. And I still haven't refined my production processes very well yet. And I don't have a lot of space. I'm working out of a pretty small kitchen. And so a lot of it comes down to the day of baking the layers, making the buttercream, assembling it all. And it's a lot of work. It was one of the heftiest loads I'd ever taken at that point. It was a two-tier wedding cake, a naked style cake, a massive full sheet cake to go with it, and then two small birthday cakes. So I'm still pretty slow. I don't have a good production process. I don't have systems in place at this time. And I barely know how many boxes of butter I need to buy to get this done. <laughs> I'm still skimping buying the bare minimum of what I need because I'm trying to save costs and I'm not sure where my business money is going. And it's just crazy. So I'm standing for hours and hours in the kitchen getting these cakes done all while my baby and my husband kind of flounder a little bit in the other room. And it was a rough weekend. And the whole time I'm just kind of watching them, wishing that I wasn't in the kitchen doing this, wishing that I could just sit down on the floor with them and that mommy didn't have to work. And by the end of it, I was done. I shut it all down. No more orders. I do not want to have another weekend like that. And of course, you know, time passed. Things calmed down. And... I started to feel like I wanted to start up again. I did take a break for a while, but I wanted to get going again. I, I missed it. It's still a part of me. And even though I had that bad weekend, I thought, okay, 
I'm going to find a way to not let that happen. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to think smart and make smart decisions so that I can run my business without letting it have that crazy weekend where we all just kind of suffer and moan and die. So here, here I come again. I'm ready to start up my business and I sit down and this time I'm like, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to have policies and I'm going to set limits and boundaries and I'm going to write it all down. I'm going to stick to it and I'm going to have this plan and I'm going to get the business started again and we're going to make it work. And like I already said, I do believe that God gives us gifts and talents and opportunities so that we can use them. And my belief in God is something big that fuels my business and the decisions that I make. So I sit down and I start my little business meeting with a prayer. And I begin to go over how I'm going to start up again. But pretty quick into my meeting, I felt a very strong and clear impression that it was just not time to start up again yet. And I went with that. And I closed my notebook. And that was that. And I I quit that fourth time before I even started, really. But the common denominator in all of these times that I quit, what I was missing was the plan. I was flying by the seat of my pants, as we often do with our home baking businesses. And the first thing a plan would have done is provided me with a clear mission, knowing what I was trying to achieve with my baking business, knowing what my goals were. A plan would have laid a foundation for covering my legal bases and getting the proper licenses and registration. Sitting down to make a plan would have helped me think about all of that. It also includes setting some policies and operating rules to help you guide your actions and your decisions as a business owner. It's kind of funny. It like honestly makes me think about when you're in elementary school and they teach you like just say no to drugs and it's like you're they're laying a rule in your brain. You're laying yourself a rule so that when the moment arrives, you already know what you're going to do. Just say no to drugs. It's like, just say no to fondant or only take this many orders per week. Or if a customer wants to order on the same day as a family event, family comes first. You lay those rules in your brain so that when you're faced with a situation, you already know what your decision is. You already have those boundaries set in paper. You've written them down. You know what they are. And it makes making that decision easier. And I want to go back and touch on that fourth time I quit because I was starting to form a plan but then I felt really clearly led that it was just not the time. And I want to talk about how, you know, life comes in seasons. Sometimes we act as if we're in the sprint and that we have to get everything done now and we have to achieve all of our dreams in the next year. But really, we have a lot of life to live and a lot of time to figure things out. And life comes in seasons. There's seasons where we focus on running a business and there's seasons where we focus on other aspects of our lives and it's okay to let that ebb and flow and to feel it out and it's okay if there's times where you take a break or times when you really go hard and where I find that having a business plan helps with that is as you write a plan you can write yourself a mission statement just an overarching statement of what am I trying to do how am I trying to do it and why And my family has always been a part of my mission with my baking business. I want to be able to support them and provide for them. 
and create a life that we love through baking and through creativity and that you know there's several ways that it does that because I'm able to provide an income but I'm also able to have an outlet as a mom as a person so that I can feel fulfilled and I can really enjoy being at home because I know I've got something that's mine that I get to work on so having that mission statement helps guide you it helps you again to make the right decisions and to not just with your business but to make the right decisions with just your life and to go in the right direction. That's what having a plan helps you to do. So finally, after all of this, four times quitting, four times going back at it, and then six months later, I was finally ready to go back into business. At the beginning of the story, I was in 2018. At the end of, of this story, not the end, but at this point, it's October 2019 and I'm, I'm ready to do it for real. The timing is right. I've been preparing and I sit down and I make a plan. I've got a mission statement. I've got policies and I've got an understanding of who my target customer is and what I'm trying to achieve. So lots of businesses out there have planning models and um, different ways to kind of set up your business and they're really complicated as I took business classes in college I found that you know a lot of them still were a little bit like over my head and I couldn't see the picture very well because I didn't operate in a business that had assets and had capital and had distribution and had all of whatever you know all of these different things that are kind of buzzwords and you'll hear people toss them around and act like they know what they're talking about <laughs> but for me I really just didn't didn't quite get it and it didn't quite fit for my business and so I wanted something simpler to help me define what I was doing and so I created a simple business plan and that's what I used to get my business off the ground and then I took that and I turned it into a template to help other bakers just get some groundwork down as you're starting your business or even if you've started and you're far into it to help lay some groundwork to keep you going. You can find the link to that simple business plan download. It's free, it's absolutely free. You can just use it however fits you. You can find the link to it in the show notes on whatever platform you're listening to. Then you can also find it if you follow me on Instagram at the out of home baker, you can find it there in the link in my bio and you can download it and use it to help you get some direction in your business. So what are the takeaways from this episode? Number one, treat your business as a science experiment. Be prepared to fail and ready to learn. Number two, life has seasons and it's okay for your business to ebb and flow with them. Number three, having a plan guides your decisions and your actions as a business owner so that you go in the right direction. Thank you so much for joining me today on Business is Sweet. If you're loving listening to the podcast, if it's already helped you figure out a few things and get excited about your baking business, help pay it forward so other bakers like you can find the show and do that by rating the show and by leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to it on. Send me a snapshot of your review as a DM on Instagram. I'm on there as the out-of-home baker. If you send me a picture of your review, I'll give your baking business a shout out on my stories. Thank you so much for listening and stay sweet, my friends.